Welcome into the Grace Point Daily Podcast. My name is Jeremiah Johnson, alongside Dr. R.B. Maynard. It's a verse-by-verse edition of the Grace Point Daily Podcast. We're here to get you in the Word today. So hopefully you guys are doing very well as we're getting into the new year, 2021. So Dr. R.B. Maynard, how you doing, brother? I'm good. I'm good. We missed a couple of weeks here. Yes, you we, did. I was ready to go, but you yeah, missed. I so Well, work, work <laughs> calls, I don't, I don't get yeah. supported well enough from the podcast, right. and I still have to go to work. Yeah. So. so praise the Lord. I hope that you are in the Word this year as you've began a new year. I always enjoy getting into a new year because I kind of go back to Genesis and start that mm-hmm. flow of scripture again and mm-hmm. a lot of truths that if you've read the Bible multiple times through or whatever that you kind of have read before, but right. they're always refreshing kind of concepts once again. Right. And right. it's good to establish in the beginning God mm-hmm. and uh, establish God as the foundational portion of your life and, uh, and how important it is. I mean, again, the, to me, the old Testament is very simple. It's like life with God. Good. Right. Life without God, bad. <laughs> or, and it's remained really the same. good or really bad. <laughs> to this day. Yeah. So mm-hmm. we are in First Kings, and we're going to get into that. But hopefully like, share, subscribe to the Grace Point Daily Podcast, trying to give you daily encouragement, your daily walk with Christ. So let's get back at it, Dr. R.B. Yeah. Maynard. Okay. First Kings 21, 25. And I always tell my Sunday school class, we're, we're always in the middle of something when you go verse by verse, and then you just kind of have to stop someplace and pick it back up. So uh, if you... Don't remember where we were. We were talking about Ahab and Jezebel and all the evil that they had done. And and so this kind of goes on talking about Ahab here. It says in verse 25 and 26, it says, There was never a man like Ahab who sold himself to do evil in the eyes of the Lord, urged on by Jezebel, his wife. He behaved in the vilest manner by going after idols like the Amorites the Lord drove out before Israel. So you know, I've said this many times, and, and there's many people in the Bible. We I, I always relate it to the obituary uh, that, um, I, you know, we're writing our obituary. I know you're talking about your your death. Yeah, my it, death video. Death video every year or whatever. But but that's kind of what this is. It's, it's a sad obituary. He's not dead yet, but it's making statements about his life. And, you know, we always say, well, your obituary never says anything bad Mm -hmm. (laughs) but you know this guy when you're having a book written about you i mean can you imagine i know he probably didn't get a chance to read this but can you imagine if there was a book written about you and it was man that jeremiah johnson was the worst man i ever Mm -hmm. met you know uh, you could could find a few of those people uh, yeah well we hope they don't write a book but uh but more wicked none more wicked than ahab i mean not only weren't you a very good guy but you were worse than anybody I've ever known. Just when I thought you couldn't get in. Just any. <laughs> when I thought you couldn't go. And we better move on from there. But, um, but it, you know, and Ahab was supposed to be in charge. I mean, it says he was urged, he was a wicked man, urged on by his wife Jezebel. He didn't take the stance that he should have as a man over his wife. He let her rule things. He was crying around. And so Jezebel had Naboth killed. And, I mean, all those kinds of things. Not only was he not following God in, in just his regular life, but by letting Jezebel rule the house. And I know you can get into all kinds of debate about, um, you know, the man being in charge and, uh, you know, the man being, the woman should do what the man says and all those kinds of things. But but it was especially in that time, and he was not only just the man, he was the king. 
I mean, there were certain standards that he should have lived up to that he didn't live up to. And worst of all, we it, it mentions over and over again his idol worship. Mm-hmm. It really all came down to idol worship. And the Amorites were the ones who were driven out of, of Canaan. So it's like uh, those gods that they had, you continued to have those gods. That's why God said originally to, to drive everyone out because you'll be influenced. I mean, that's exactly what he said. If you don't do it, you will be influenced by their gods. And then this is exactly what, what has mm-hmm. happened. He's not only following, he's not a, a false god that the Israelites brought in. It's a Canaanite god. And if they had driven them all out like God told them to do, then they wouldn't have had that influence. So yeah. disobedience, all of those things that, that go together there. But 27 says, When Ahab heard these words, he tore his clothes, put on sackcloth, and fasted. He lay in sackcloth and went around meekly. In the sackcloth, we think of the, the old burlap bags. Uh, it was something to um, make yourself feel uncomfortable so that you would be reminded of the sin that you had uh, had committed we don't really we don't really have anything like that today you know and and i know people will say well this is old testament it's a different you know grace and mercy weren't the same and and all of those things but honestly we are the opposite today it's like oh well i you know i did this bad thing but i asked for forgiveness so everything's good mm-hmm. you know we don't we don't think we should have to pay any kind of consequence for anything that we've done because, well, I said I was sorry. So yeah. that should be enough. Yeah. But it's the, I, I've never really studied it, but you hear a lot of this hyper grace mm-hmm. theology. I've never really got into that, but I just had a, a friend. Well, I have some friends that their marriage is kind of falling apart and, mm-hmm. and it's due to the fact that the one party, mm-hmm. shall we say, is on this hi- hyper grace train. Mm-hmm. So, hey, we're kind of forgiven, just kind of Mm-hmm. do whatever you want to do right right we we ask forgiveness once we don't ever need to and i've heard that preached too you know you you ask forgiveness once you don't really ever need to ask for forgiveness again because it was all covered on the cross so you don't ever have to ask for forgiveness again but uh but anyway i mean he uh, you know one there was one of the commentaries says he called for jehoshaphat king of judah to come and give him lashes three times a day for 40 days now that's a that's a commentary. That's not you. Know, we're not gonna. I can't give you a scripture reference for that or anything. But uh, but that's one of the commentaries. And it it was common for people to. I don't I don't mean to say self mutilate like we mm-hmm. talk about yeah. today, self harm <laughs> or. But you know I've seen the videos of of people in other countries with the little whip thing that they whip themselves on the back. You know over whatever grieving or repentance or whatever, that it's not enough to uh, put on sackcloth and, and sit in the ashes or whatever, but you actually need to, to hurt yourself to remind yourself mm. of, of your sin. And it's not the same as self-harm today because the, the best description I've heard of a lot of self-harm today is it's not to cause you to remember something, it's to cause you to forget something. So you concentrate on the pain and it helps you to forget the emotional right. pain that comes. But, um, you know, he walked around, one of them says, quietly and softly and barefoot, you know, to cause, again, more discomfort and those kind of things. So, you know, if you looked at that, if we stopped right there and read about Ahab, we would think, man, this is a good thing. 
I mean, mm-hmm. he's repented. He's put on sackcloth. He's walking around barefoot. He's doing all the things to show um, how repentant he is. But we'll read on that that is not the case here. And that's why it's so important that you read the whole story. You know, people pull out a verse here and there and say, well, the Bible says this. Well, yeah, but you didn't read that in the context of, you know, well, look at Ahab and how bad he was, and all he had to do is put on some sackcloth, and he was all forgiven and everything was fine. It's not the case. 28 and 29, then the word of the Lord came to Elijah the Tishbite. Have you noticed how Ahab has humbled himself before me? So now it sounds like even God is is impressed or whatever. Because he has humbled himself, I will not bring this disaster in this day, but I will bring it on his house in the days of his son. And so God is recognizing the the repentance here, but we find out it's not a true, lasting repentance. And I I think of this in if you bring this down to reality, it's like saying to you, you have small boys right now. It it would be like if if I'm God speaking to you today, and I would say, uh, Pastor Jeremiah, because of what you've done, whatever this, you, you know, you uh, you mishandled the funds of the church. So now this is hypothetical. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> hypothetical here. But because you mishandled the funds of the church, and you're repentant, okay, I'm gonna I'm gonna forgive you. The board's gonna forgive you. But your sons are going to suffer consequences for what you've done. Now, to me, that's a worse punishment. That would be a worse punishment. Yeah, I would be saying, "Lord, please, mm-hmm. just I right. I did it. Punish me, please. Leave my children alone. Please don't let this come on my children." And so, it, it's it, his repentance here is only an outward repentance, which we have. Many times, I can remember as a, especially as a teenager, um, you know, I'd go out and party on Saturday night, and I always felt guilty. Mm-hmm. I mean, <laughs> I could, I could push that aside and go have a good time, and then come home and lay in my bed like, oh, I shouldn't have done that. I shouldn't have been there. And many times, you know, I'd come into the church and and go down to the altar and just cry my eyes out, mm-hmm. you know, and. I suppose I was sorry, but not willing to change. You know, I I guess I probably wished that it wasn't wrong so I could enjoy it <laughs> yeah. more than I was sorry for. Mm-hmm. You know, I don't know if that makes any sense or not. But but that outward, I mean, he was fasting, he was praying, he was acting humble, he was doing all these things. So, again, you mishandled uh, the funds of the church, and you come in, and you get up before the congregation, and... I'm so sorry, and, you know, and I'm I'm fasting. You know, somebody says, well, I, you know, Pastor hasn't eaten for three days because he's so distraught over this. And I saw him, you know, down at the altar for 24 hours. And, you know, those are all good things if they're sincere. But in, in this case, these are all outward mm-hmm. um, things that he's doing to look uh, repentant in, in this situation. And I, uh, the one thing I want to say about it, too, that there's a little bit of a, a misunderstanding, and, and the best way I can explain it is we look at these things because he says, okay, because he's repentant, I'm not going to um, I'm not gonna do anything to him. 
but his sons will suffer. Well, now, that doesn't sound fair. Mm-hmm. Why? <laughs> I mean, and again, I know lots of things God does don't sound fair, but he's not saying, okay, Pastor Jeremiah, because you mishandled the funds of the church, not going to punish you, but I'm going to punish your children for this. God doesn't punish the innocent for the guilt of someone else. You know, we all stand on our own. Mm-hmm. So your boys would have an opportunity to serve God. So all he's saying prophetically is because of your influence, your boys are not going to serve the Lord. Yeah. It's it's a prophetic Definitely. thing. Mm-hmm. It's not God making them not yeah, serve yeah. the Lord. Yeah, that's good. And so a lot of times people think that God is cruel <laughs> and unfair, and all he's saying is because of because you mishandled the funds, because you've been this kind of person, that influence on your children mm-hmm. is going to come back to bite you. Yeah. I mean, oh, that's a good sermon right that's, there. Yeah. I mean, that's what it's talking about here. So, mm-hmm. so don't, you know, when you look at these things, it, it talks about God hardened Pharaoh's heart. Well, God doesn't make somebody not be repentant so he can get his way, mm-hmm. so he can uh, punish you by sitting around. Because you, you can imagine the, the thinking, if that were true, if God mm-hmm. punished your children <laughs> oh, Lord. for what you did, that would be a horrible punishment on you if nothing could ever be changed. It would be a horrible punishment for you to live. You're, what, 42? 41. 41. Don't want to Going push on too. 42. Mm-hmm. But this April 11th. Say you're going to live to be 80, 90. So for 50 more years, you've not only got to think about the fact that your children are not going to serve God because of what you've done, but mm-hmm. you've got to think about it even as they you've got to watch them grow into that rebellion and sit around and blame yourself for the rest of your life thinking that I did this to them <laughs> that I made them go to hell if you would and so so uh, you know give God a little credit <laughs> yeah he's not the kind of god who makes us if if that were true and he's going to make your children not serve God because of what you've done, then you could just say, we have no free choice. Yeah, right. God yeah. takes, and, and that's not what, we don't believe that. Mm-hmm. We believe we all have a chance and a choice. But, uh, you know, all these outward things, going to church, giving in the offering, we can do lots of things that make us appear to be uh, godly. I mean, how many times have we said, I never... I never saw that coming. That guy was the greatest Christian I ever knew. I I can't believe he had an affair. I can't believe he embezzled money from the church, whatever. Mm-hmm. I can't believe he why is that? Because he was able to play the part so well, and that's what it looks like with Ahab playing that that yeah. part. I think when it's all said and done, LMA is definitely going to use that argument against you, though. Like for all time, oh yeah, greatest. <clears throat> excuse mm-hmm. me, Grace Point Church member. See, I have the podcast footage of when uh-huh. Rick Maynard said he was partying all those Saturday nights, uh-huh. and I was there. I wasn't mm-hmm. partying on Saturday nights. Mm-hmm. That's I was right. faithful to the church. She was praying for me because <laughs> I was partying. On, <laughs> that's probably true. LMA probably helped to pray me through some of those things. Yep. I don't know, but good job, LMA. Yeah. But but what he didn't do, so, okay, you have this list. Okay, 
man, he was giving money. He was praying. He was in sackcloth and ashes. He was doing all these great things. But but let me just read. This is what he, if we're reading his obituary and, and you want to read the truth, he's not dead yet, but we're all writing our obituary mm-hmm. every day. I mean, whatever we do today is uh, maybe in my obituary, it's going to say he podcasted and did a verse by verse or, or something. So we're writing our po- our writing our podcast, writing our obituary every day. But yep. he never reproved Jezebel for the, for the murder of Naboth. So as a man and as the king, he should have said, wait a minute, Jezebel, that's, that's not the right way to go about this. He never restored the vineyard to Naboth's family. So if, if you repent, you really should, if, if, it's, if it's possible, sometimes it's not possible, but if it's possible, you should go back and make that right. Mm-hmm. If, if you stole money from the church and you come in and you confess and you repent, part of that should be I will repay every penny I ever took. If that if that's at all possible, sometimes we've heard people that those people are dead and gone. We can't go back and make that right. They're yeah. not here, you know. And I can't say I'm sorry to Kelly for something I did. He's not here anymore. If I needed to make something right with Kelly, yeah, I should have I should have done that. Yeah, actually, Kelly did. He was the one that should be apologizing to me. That's right for all those things. Kelly Stevens, we're gonna get, we're gonna see you again, brother. So yeah, you know. yeah. I bet you he's listening to podcasts <laughs> yeah. this morning. You think? <laughs> no, because that'd be a disappointing thing for Kelly him. Stevens. Give us a comment and reaction yes, on the yes. Facebook here, if that's possible. <laughs> but he never left it. He never restored the vineyard, so he didn't make things right there. He never, never left his idols. So, in it's like in all of the repentance that we have, then we still want to hang on to one thing. Mm-hmm. That's the that's the problem with so many people. It's like, I just can't, I can, I can quit all these things. I can be repentant. I can be sorry, but there's this one thing I just can't let go of. Mm -hmm. And for, for Ahab, that was the case. He just couldn't let go of the idols. He could do some other things, right? Repent, be sorry, cry the blues, whatever you want to call it. But, uh, he didn't respect the prophet. So he, he didn't have respect for, Elijah, and we'll find out he didn't have respect for uh, the other prophets in this, uh, in in all of these stories. But but he supported the false prophets. I mean, those four hundred prophets. He was still, you know, going to them for advice and and looking to them to because they told him what he wanted to hear. That was that was the whole idea. Hmm. Um, and I I wrote this because I can relate to this statement because I've made this statement before. He didn't repent because of his love for God. He repented because he got caught. Yeah, right. And, right. Yep. and so many of us, I can remember as a rebellious teenager, somebody, uh, I won't tell the whole story here. A lot of people have heard the story, but I got in trouble one time at youth camp. I know it's hard to believe that, <laughs> that I did things wrong. But anyway, they said, well, if you'll just apologize, we'll let this go. <laughs> and I said, well, I'm not sorry for what I did. I'm just sorry I got caught. That was my rebellious uh, attitude. And that's, that is the case. So many people will never repent. And then they'll say they're sorry, but given the opportunity, they'll go back out and do the same thing again. So, so anyway, that's the end of that chapter. We're not quite done today, so we'll just move on. Chapter 22. Yeah. And, and just that, and that's a, 
again, humanity never changes. Just quick comment that we, we want that quick fix, right? To our sin, you know, we want, okay, I'm sorry. Mm-hmm. And I think we do this as guys in particular is like, okay, I said, I'm sorry now. Right. Well, no, there's, there's consequences. There's mm-hmm. residual effects to right. people, family, children based off of our non-holy mm-hmm. living, if you will. Yeah. Well, I've said things before that I got caught in and, you know, how do you, and especially today with, with, uh, social media, with everybody's got a camera that they're carrying yeah. with them 24 hours a day. So you never know when you're being recorded that you said something. Uh, and then so many times that, well, we talk about fake news, but so many times you can take one little clip, you know, somebody could take a clip out of this podcast today and mm-hmm. reduce it down to when <laughs> I said, pastor Jeremiah stole money from the church. <laughs> yeah. I mean, so there are so many things like that that uh, that people can catch you in things, and I'll tell you what: once those words come out, you know, it's how do you say? Well, yeah, I said I didn't really mean that. Well, you said it, so mm-hmm. <laughs> uh, you must have really meant. And I have been caught before where it, it's really easier to say I'm not just sorry for what I said, but I really don't mean that. I really don't think that, yeah. you know, I mean, that's, that's what's the apology should be. But, but anyway, you um, should apologize for saying that at the annual business meeting this yeah, Sunday. I apologize for, <laughs> I apologize for, uh, telling you guys that, uh, pastor Jeremiah stole money from the church because right. <laughs> he asked me not to tell that. Yeah. <laughs> yes. Anyway, we better move on before we, we might get in trouble here. Yeah. 22, 1 and 2, for three years there was no war between Aram and Israel. But in the third year, Jehoshaphat, king of Judah, went down to see the king of Israel. So it's still Ahab. King of Israel has said, 3 and 4, has said to his officials, Don't you know that Ramoth-Gilead belongs to us, and yet we are doing nothing to retake it from the king of Aram? So he asked Jehoshaphat, Will you go with me to fight against Ramoth-Gilead? Jehoshaphat replied to the king of Israel, I am as you are, my people as your people, my horses as your horses. So this, and and even in the commentary, you know, sometimes I'll say, this sounds confusing, but let me explain it. Even when you read the commentary, there's some statements there about this whole um, lead into this story here. And those statements are set, are like, okay, so who owns what? What treaties have been made? Who conquered who? And what did God say about that? Those are all questions that aren't answered in this little uh, phrase here. Now, sometimes people get way off. Well, I think that this was going on and that's going on. What are, what are they so upset about? What treaties have been broken? We don't know all of that information. We don't know why Jehoshaphat is so willing to come in and help uh, Ahab. But, uh, you know, it's just part of the it, – it's really a lead-in to something else. So, 5 and 6, but Jehoshaphat also said to the king of Israel, and, and I love this, first seek the counsel of the Lord. So the king of Israel brought together the prophets, about 400 men, and asked them, shall I go to war against Ramoth-Gilead, or shall I refrain? Go, they answered, for the Lord will give it into the king's hands. So this is, uh, Ahab wants to do something, but Jehoshaphat comes along and says, maybe we ought to pray about this first. I mean, at least he had that um, mm-hmm. wisdom <laughs> to say, let's pray about this. You know, we we have things as as uh, a board that we discuss, and 
And there are things we can decide things in a board meeting. I mean, we can have a discussion and and have wisdom and say, I think this is probably the best thing. And so we're not like, stop. Okay, our God in heaven, would yeah. you have <laughs> us do this? You know, yeah. hopefully, I've already prayed. Hopefully, my heart's good to come to a board meeting. And yes, we pray before we start, and we ask to have the phrase is the mind of Christ. I mean, we do pray about that. So hopefully the board members are right in their hearts to come in and make decisions that can be godly decisions without stopping. And mm-hmm. But then there are things that, that I might want to go away and say, I think we need to, you know, this is serious. You know, maybe, um, you know, we're going to get rid of staff or, or something like that. I mean, you come in and unless it was something very blatant, you come in and you know, you're like, well, I want to make this change. You know, that might be something we might want to go away and say, I just, I don't, I can't make that decision. Mm-hmm. I need to, I need to know what the Lord really wants us to do here. And I, and we need to be really careful here. The consequences of this could be yeah. great, you know? And so, um, there are things it's that a little more stop. than should we get new tires on the van? Right. Right. I think we can decide that without, <laughs> I think the Lord would. I think sometimes the Lord's like, I don't care. <laughs> you know, put new yeah. tires on the van if you think it needs it. Right. Why are you bothering me with the tires on the van? So, I don't know what God says about that. But, but usually this, and we've talked about this before. Usually that phrase, "Let's pray about it," usually means no. Mm. <laughs> I mean, will you help us with this? I'll pray about it. Right. You might as well. I said to someone last night, I, I was asking them to do something for me mm-hmm. uh, in, in the context of the church. And they said, well, I'm praying about it. I said, are you Facebook praying about it or are you really praying about it? <laughs> yeah. 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 Did they get that? Yes. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. But anyway, it's usually an excuse to say no. But, um, but I did think about, you know, wouldn't it be, I mean, okay, so these are, these are two kings. So, you know, we're looking at, at uh, uh, the the king, our president, going to China. No, I don't know what is it. The, is it is he called the king there? I don't know what he's called there. Uh, yeah, I don't know what they are. If they're, I think they might still be considered presidents in China. Maybe president, yeah, I don't it's know. It's not a kingdom. Yeah. yeah. So anyway, but you have these two guys. Wouldn't it be awesome if uh, they were having this discussion about? Okay, the United States and China. We're going to come together and fight against Russia. We're going to attack Russia. Wouldn't it be awesome if they would say, you know, this is pretty serious. We, we really should go pray about this. Let us, uh, why don't we contact Billy Graham? Of course, Billy Graham's not with us, but mm-hmm. why don't we contact Billy Graham? You know, he was always kind of known as the pastor, to the president. pastor you yep. know, and uh, so let's, let's see how he feels about this. Or, I don't know who would be considered. Kim Clement was considered. You know, he's considered a, a great prophet in our day. Mm-hmm. I don't follow him. I don't. I don't he's have dead. Any, is he dead yes, too? Yes. Yeah. <laughs> I didn't know he was dead. Yeah. Huh. Well, okay. I don't know. So who's who's the big prophet today? Uh, who would you say? Oh, there's that Jeremiah Johnson guy that oh, I'm, yeah, I'm yeah. a rival with. Yeah. Well, he's usually <laughs> guessing at things. No. <laughs> uh, I don't know who the prophet is today. I don't, I don't want to mention any other names. Anyway, I guess we shouldn't mention names, but. <laughs> But it wouldn't it be awesome if they would say, let's let's take a little time here and let's pray about this. Let's see what the prophet, and in, and in this case, these are the wrong prophets. 
Mm-hmm. So we still do make that mistake today. But yeah. these 400 profits are probably the, the 400 because we talk about the 450 profits of Baal and the, the other 400 profits. Well, he killed the 450 profits of Baal, but the 400 profits are still around. And that's probably who these, uh, these, these are false prophets. Uh, it goes all the way back to chapter 18 at Mount Carmel. That's uh, still talking about those. So, uh, and then they say, for the Lord will give it into the king's hand. That's a, uh, a general statement. Which king? It doesn't say the Lord will give it to this guy or the Lord mm-hmm. will give it to, you know, sometimes prophets or um, a word of prophecy is, well, this will happen if this happens and if this lines up. And, you know, they, they give themselves an out. You know, we've talked mm-hmm. about all the prophets that said, you know, Trump was going to be president again. And I haven't heard their excuses. I haven't followed that. But I would just imagine that some of the excuses would have been, well, it was a corrupt election. He, mm-hmm. My prophecy was true because he really did win. But, uh, well, that's that's making yourself an out. That's yeah. not legitimate uh you know, I am a true prophet here, and and my prophecy was right, and all of those. But verse seven. But Jehoshaphat asked, "Is there not a prophet of the Lord here whom we can inquire of?" So he's he's a little more wise to, even though he said, "I'll help you, Ahab." He's a little more wise to, "I'll help you," but we're going to pray about this, and we're going to talk to the prophet about this. And there was one thing about uh, they mentioned in this uh, idea of false prophets. There's 400 of these guys, and they are almost like all in unison. Okay, go ahead and attack, and God will give you victory. That was their like. Mm-hmm. Okay, we this thus saith the prophets, and they said that was a sure sign of um, of false prophecy. Not that that more than one prophet would agree. But the, the, the word of prophecy is a little bit like the word uh, that we use for tongues and interpretation. Interpretation is not word for word because we've heard people say, well, somebody gave a message in tongues that lasted 15 seconds mm-hmm. and the interpretation yeah. <laughs> took two minutes. So mm-hmm. how is that? A, it's not uh, – what's the other word? Anyway, it's interpretation. It is putting in – words that people can understand a, tra- a translation yeah it's not translation it's interpretation yeah and so with with these prophets all speaking the same they should have had numerous prophets coming in and saying you know maybe the bottom line would be the same but there should have been uh, more of like more explanation from this guy or this guy or somebody saying well if this is the case or if this is the case and you know a little different take on it other than 400 guys in unison, basically, yeah, go fight and God will give you victory. Mm-hmm. Now, we we like, um, because we're a democracy, we like the majority rules. Mm-hmm. But we don't like that if it doesn't rule <laughs> the way we want. That's yeah. easy for us to say. But if it doesn't go our way, then... But I have made this statement many times over, the majority might rule, but that doesn't mean the majority is always right. Mm-hmm. So uh, we can't always just back that. Well, you know, whatever, whether it's a presidential, a governor, a senator, whatever the case may be, 
when we're voting on those things, we can't just back off and say, well, majority rules because the majority might have been wrong mm-hmm. in that. If, if you're vo- voting for – if we had an opportunity to say yes or no to abortion, the majority still might win and we would continue having abortions – well, we can't just back off and say, oh, well, you know, the majority wins. They've spoken. There's nothing we can do about it. We need to, with godly things, we need to pursue those things regardless of what the majority mm-hmm. of, right. you know, I would say the majority of <laughs> of uh, TV evangelists right now are preaching a prosperity message. We say, well, majority of them are, are preaching this, so it must be the right thing. That doesn't mean mm-hmm. that message is the right thing because – the majority of pastors are preaching it or whatever. So anyway, we probably ought to wind up there today. All right. We are in first Kings chapter 22 there, right? Dr. Yes. R.B. Maynard. Yes. So get in that study a little bit, see what God is speaking to you, but we always appreciate, appreciate you listening, your interaction, comments, etc. Like, share, subscribe to Grace Point Daily Podcast. We'll talk to you guys next time.